Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to the French Rugby Podcast with me, Tim Groves, ex-Scotland International and adopted Frenchman, Johnny BT, and the unveiling of our second marquee signing of the season, Johnny. It's taken a while, hasn't it? But definitely worth the wait. Do you want to do the honours? Well, he's been a busy man, but the best things do come to those that wait. Consistently one of the best back rows in the top 14, a mainstay of the French back row under Fabien Galtier, captain of La Rochelle on a regular basis now, was named as the number eight in the World 15 for the year of 2022. And he's a little bit Scottish too, which makes it even better. So welcome, Greg Aldrich. How are you doing, Greg? Thanks. Doing fine, doing fine. A bit cold in La Rochelle, but uh, I think it's cold a bit everywhere in, uh, in Europe. So no, everything's okay. You were there, weren't you, Johnny, in La Rochelle at the weekend? I was, mate, but I was embarrassed. It was minus eight. And I was meant to be doing the match day reporter for BT Sports. I was standing on the touchline asking questions, but it was so cold. I went and sat in like the studio car. <laughs> I couldn't even watch. It was so cold. So respect all of the supporters that actually came out and watched and sat through the game. It was bitter. Um, and for you guys at the end, like chatting to Big Will Skelton yourself a little bit, it was pretty bloody cold, but a great start for you boys, an awesome start to your campaign. Is that as cold as you've played in down there, Greg, or is it, does it get cold? No, normally it's not cold like this because it's clear near to the sea, so normally we, we don't have like uh, big temperatures. Even in summer, we don't get uh, really high and uh, winter really uh, really down, So, but this weekend was uh, was one of the of the weekend uh, really cold. So we prepare us for the for this weekend for uh, Forster. So I think that it should be it should be really cold. So we'll come on to that later on because there's some rumors around that game. But I don't know if you've heard any of them. First of all, though, it's great to have you on. We had you on before, but now you're going to come on kind of regularly every now and then. So how does it feel to be coming on a bit more regularly? Do you like this kind of thing? Do you like doing a bit of media? Yeah, it's a great pleasure to be uh, to be with you guys uh, a bit more often just to to speak about rugby and to give to the people who, who's listening to us uh, some insights and and try to to share with everybody what we're living uh, every day. I mean, it's been a busy time for you. Like I, I have the impression that I've pretty much seen you play rugby every single weekend since the season started straight from autumn internationals into Europe. So how's the body holding up? What does the Christmas period look like for you? Will you get a break at all or is it just full steam ahead? Well, it's been um, a busy start of season, like you said, but uh, really interesting. And uh, every year, top 14 is getting better and better. So every game is really, uh, really complicated and uh, the week are more interesting as well. So everybody wants to play uh, every weekend. 
Uh, after we got, the, of course, uh, the series and November series, which was a tough one as well. But my my body is great. I had a, a week and a week of break just after the November series, so I could rest a bit and uh, maybe should have uh, maybe one more game before the the Six Nation because um, I can't I can't play a game in a row. So uh, I have to speak with, uh, speak of that with uh, with Rog. But uh, no, body is fine and. Um, Every Monday, I've got a, a discussion with uh, Rog, with uh, the physio, with uh, with everybody at the club. They're following me uh, really close. You mentioned the autumn there. Before we move on to Champions Cup, we got to touch on that. It obviously went very well results-wise, but just talk us through how it went from your perspective and what Fabian said afterwards. It was, uh, of course, uh, the objective of the, of the series was to win the three games. So uh, we did it. So we're really happy with that. We uh, we beat uh, South Africa, which was I think one of the game we wanted to play uh, for for years and years. So um, really happy with that. But we saw that uh, we need to to keep working on because uh, we make the the game difficult for us. We could have uh, I think uh, played uh, much better against Australia, against South Africa, and even against Japan. So. Like Fabian don't like to talk after a series because he say like uh, it's not the end of something. It's just like uh, carry on. And uh, when we we will meet for the Six Nation, we need to um, to have the sensation that it was uh, yesterday that we uh, we left uh, each other. So um, we'll maybe have a, a big debrief at the Six Nation the first week to to prepare uh, the first game and to to see what we can uh, increase. But um, no, really happy with the results, but uh, we are aware that there is some work uh, on the table. And you mentioned that game in Marseille against South Africa. That was special. Like The atmosphere was absolutely phenomenal. What was it like for a French side to take your games on the road, to be outside Paris, playing Toulouse, playing Marseille? Was that good fun as well for you all? Yes, of course. Of course. First, it was uh, it was really, really good for us to... Um, to go back at the Stade de France after the last game we played over there, Six Nation uh, title, Grand Slam, Grand Slam against uh, England. So it was lots of uh, of pleasure to play over there. The, the atmosphere was unreal as well. Playing in uh, in France is is always a pleasure as well to to go near our fans and to um, to be close to them. And I think Velodrome is uh, the best stadium for that because we've got the the stand uh, really close to the pitch and there was an atmosphere unreal. Um, I think one of the greatest emotion I had, uh, I think, on the field, uh, just because of the fans, and uh, and of course Toulouse at the end, which was uh, special for lots of us, for the one playing in Toulouse and for me because I was born in Toulouse, so I had some some family at the stadium, so it was as well a special game. So. No, a really um, beautiful, uh, beautiful series for us. And that South Africa game, obviously, you mentioned it there. You clearly been building up to that one for a while because you hadn't played them for ages. And I think you'd beaten every other top ten team in the world before that. You won every game in twenty twenty two. New record winning streak for France. Clearly, there was a massive emphasis on that game. Did you kind of feel like you had a point to prove? I suppose. Well, it was a massive game. I think all the team was prepared for it. And you know, you can feel it during the week that you don't need to, to talk a lot. You don't need to, to say a lot about the game because everybody has it in, have, have it in mind. And it was a case for, of course, the Six Nation, the Black as well, or Black last year. And uh, I felt it was the same for, for South Africa. You know, we, we worked a lot to, to be able to, um, to compete with a great team like South Africa, um, Australia, All Blacks. 
So when we uh, we are on a game week like this, we uh, we are aware of the of the um, of the difficulty of the game, and uh, we work hard on the week, yeah, really hard. And I think nobody is saying saying no to uh, to to the gym or to training. Like everybody is ready. <laughs> and when you look back now, as Tim mentioned, you won every single test in 2022. When you started your French career your international career, did you think that was going to be possible with this French squad? And what do you think the keys to success are? You just touched on the mindset, people not needing to speak, but it's unbelievable. It's a huge achievement. So what have been the keys to the squad, the coaching staff, and just how good is it to be part of at the minute? Well, you know, the, the first Six Nations with Fabien, he told us, I want to win every single game until the World Cup. So... First, we uh, we say, well, okay, we uh, <laughs> I want to win every single game as well. But he was really serious about it. And he had a, a plan, a really precise plan. And um, it started with a big reception, a big home game against uh, England. I don't know if you remember, it was in 2020. As I said, the France, and we won this game. Uh, we won then in Italy. We won in Wales. And uh, we lost in Scotland, in Murrayfield which was a ter terrible game for, for us. But we learned a lot. We learned really a lot about uh, this game. I think it was one of the most important um, lessons for us. And uh, after this game, I think every, after this tournament, everybody had in mind that we could do great thing. And um, we just kept going game after game and with um, a beautiful um, squad as well. Because even on a summer series, they did some uh, rotation some they put some players um in uh, they rest some players and everybody was getting here really motivated and um like i say we've got a really simple uh game plan we just need to put attitude in it, attitude in it uh to put energy and uh it works so for us players it's as, as well like easy no pressure though fabian comes straight in Expect to win every game until the World Cup. That's it. Did you have that at Scotland, Johnny? No, I, I never had that with Scotland, but I had it with Fabian and Montpellier. Fabian's easily the best coach that I've worked with. And it's different for Greg because Greg's better than I ever was. But uh, the best rugby I ever got out of myself was playing with, like, with Fabian as my coach because the simplicity of the game plan me me meant that you didn't get too much wrong. It was constantly positive action, positive action, opening doors, going through gaps or tackle breaks or offloads were possible because he creates everything, gives very simple vision of how he wants you to play. And then you just have to go and execute with attitude. It's kind of what Greg said there. We refer to it as painting by numbers. Like you, you put like blue there and then this happens. You put green there, this happens. And that's what it was like with Fabian. When you work with great coaches, the high-end performance stuff kind of flows. Um, that being said, you need to have very, very good players in each p position to execute. And that's what Fran France have got at the minute. But easily... And I guess loads of other coaches will be wanting the same thing and other players are wanting the same thing as well. They just want simplicity, direction and a very simple template to go and work with. And that's what France have. That's why they're so hard to beat. That's why, for instance, Wales will be harder to beat now they've brought Warren Gatland back in. Um, a simple game plan, easy to execute and you just add the rest, the ingredients required. And, th and that's where France are at the minute. That's why it's so much fun to watch them. And Johnny mentions Wales there. There's been loads of talk on this side of the world Wales changing their head coach, England changing their head coach. Sean Edwards always comes up in those conversations. We already know he signed a four-year contract again with France. He's obviously really happy there. But give us a word on your relationship with Sean and 
how good he's been for that environment. Well, Sean is um, really, really important for us for the for the team. First, when he arrived, he gave us this uh, this mentality in defense. Uh, no easy works. Always like fight, fight, oh, fight. Um, you know, at training, he was always behind us, like uh, fight, fight, fight. And I think this was uh, maybe missing for uh, in France because we we always uh, spoke of the of the French flair, of uh, the beauty of the French plays, and but maybe we um, we missed a bit of this um, fighting spirits and uh, fight. Uh, Sean really brought us. Uh, this uh, this stuff to us. How's this French going? Uh, better and better. He's taking listen, taking listen. But you know, <laughs> Sean always told me when I was player, I didn't like the the coach's video to be really long. You know, analyst to be really long. <laughs> so when he's going to uh, to the board or to the to the video, is really really short. Maybe three four words. That's it. <laughs> And that's why he's universally loved by every single player he's ever had, because they're like, that's the best part of Sean is no messing around, no bullshit, short videos, <laughs> get out and train and get on with it. Everyone loves exactly. him. Exactly. Well, we will come on to the Champions Cup shortly, I promise. We're out in the thick of it at the moment. But Johnny, one bit of France news that has come out this week, not good news. Just tell us what's going on with Bernard Laporte, because we know there was a case going on. We know there'll also be an appeal, but what's going on? Uh, well, he's been given a suspended prison sentence of two years, a €75,000 fine. He's also been stood down from his role as the vice chair of World Rugby. That being said, he'll appeal everything. So I guess the only question is his role as president of FFR. We're on the performance side of the business. You know, him coming with Fabian, um, things have been going extremely well. I guess that's the only hitch that we'll see is if he stays on his presidency with FFR or if he moves on. Um, but as we said, innocent until proven guilty. And I assume he will appeal everything that came out uh, yesterday. And obviously we won't ask you about the ongoing case or anything, Greg, but Bernard Laporte himself, how involved is he in the setup generally? Because obviously he was a coach, now he's higher up the chain, but does he get him quite involved or not? Well, he's um, president of the of the French rugby, so... He has lots of um, of duty to do, but uh, when he can come and uh, and um, and have a chat with us, he um, he tried to do it, and uh, we uh, we are really kind on it with all the players because he was one of the greatest French uh, rugby trainers. He uh, he trained some legend for us. When he tell you some stories about like Johnny Wilkinson, Bakis Botta, every 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 single uh, Toulon player he had over there, like. We all like kids with big eyes were listening to him. So, yeah, when it, when he can come to um, to see us, he is uh, doing it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We're partnering with Manscaped in the lead up to Christmas, aren't we, Johnny? So before we tell you how good they are and where you can get yourself a Manscaped razor, Greg, we've got a couple we can send down to La Rochelle. So who's your hairiest teammate? Who needs one the most? Who's got the biggest bush in La Rochelle? Well, I say I'll give one, uh, I'll give one more to, uh, to Weedy because uh, normally he, he used to, he, he has a big beard, you know, and normally he used to do like a beautiful trucker mole, like beautiful one for, for a few games. And I think he's, he didn't do it for, for years now. So uh, I would I would love to see him with his big trucker's mole like this. Like. A bit of pruning. Upstairs and downstairs pruning. I don't know. The best one for me, like I... I played with the Evans brothers, so Max and Tom Evans, who like were shaved with an inch. They didn't have a stitch of hair on their body. Everything was shaved. And then I obviously followed Max over to France, ended up in cast with him. And it was almost like he'd gone on a time capsule. He went completely 70s. Everything went Afro downstairs. So if he's still got it now and he's still rocking it, I'll send my manscape to Max Evans. Max and Tom, they can share them with their partners, all sorts, Johnny. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> we'll send Weenie and Max a manscaped razor. And for anyone else who wants one, they really are genuinely good. And you can get your hands on any of the Manscaped products with 20% off and free shipping as well. All you have to do is go to manscaped.com and enter the code LEFRENCH. That's L-E-F-R-E-N-C-H at manscaped.com. Right, let's talk about the Champions Cup. And we've obviously got the captain of the reigning champions. And this doesn't work on an audio platform, but for anyone watching the video... Greg has got a little star above his shoulder, hasn't he, Johnny? Perfectly placed. I mean, he was telling us it was just part of the Christmas tree, but <laughs> actually it's because the stars all around this house because he can have one now because he's a Champions Cup winner. We get it. It's pretty cool. Before we come on to this season, Greg, just take us back to Marseille and the scenes in the port, especially at La Rochelle when you got back in May. Where does that rank in terms of the best days of your life? Definitely the... Um... In the top three of my uh, my best uh, best days, top one on my sports uh, sports small career. Now it was 
just incredible incredible to see 30 35 thousand people on the on the arbor when you know that la rochelle is 70 000 people you know it's a really a religion here and i think plenty plenty of people was waiting for a title and um it was really great to bring them uh this trophy on the arbor really great as well because uh, i've been there for for six years and i knew plenty of players before who gave everything for this club and had to stop without the title. Um, so it was as well, um, a great moment to, to as well, like, uh, award them as well, because all their works lead us to, uh, to this title as well. It's not only the 23 who was on the pitch. It's crazy. I went for a walk around the port at the weekend. So just before the game went for a walk around and it's a lovely, beautiful port. If you get a chance to visit La Rochelle, that's my second time there and actually stepped out of the hotel to see it. it's a beautiful place but i could not fathom how they got that many people on the port as large as it is and as big like the big square is i couldn't believe the volume of people that you look back now and you see the photos it's incredible and it must have been an incredible memory there's been a lot of talk around the change in the format as well of the competition greg it is a wee bit too complicated like would you like to see it go back to the old school group stages that we saw when old people like i was playing or are you quite happy with the way it goes now when I was a kid, uh, I didn't have like the um, Canal Plus or the the channel um, private channel, so I was only watching Ash Cup, the old Ash Cup and the Six Nation, you know. So, of course, the um, European Cup is special for me, but everything is changing uh, years after years. So now the it's changed. Um, we've got South African now in the competition, maybe. Like Antoine uh, said, it's not the yeah. <laughs> European Cup now, but I agree with him. But we we need to go forward now. So they're in the in the in the competition. So we need to to uh, to welcome them and to try to uh, to find a benefit of them uh, in the competition with us and try to uh, to step on like. But of course, there is a, a part of me who who, uh, who would love to uh, to come back to the old um, old competition. But uh, I think life is like this. We uh, we need to to have to have an evolution and to to go forward. The traditionalist in me hates it as well. Like I, it's the European Cup. It's no longer the European Cup. It's a Champions Cup. But does the thought of like moving away from the tradition and the history? Does the thought of playing against a South African franchise like the Sharks? excite you like the prospect of facing them in a quarter final or a semi-final that could also be quite exciting yes of course as i said to some teammates i said now that we have the south african in um in, in the champions cup like i would have loved to to play it in uh, south africa for for the, the pool stage and uh, maybe for for a quarter final or, well i don't hope so i, don't, I hope uh, i'll play quarter final in laoshal but uh <laughs> No, of course, I would, I would love to play a South African team to, uh, to measure, uh, measure us to, uh, to do, to them, to, uh, to see the, the level, even if we, we, we kind of know the, the level of the South Africans. They are really good team, really physical team. So no, it's, it's going to add a new challenge and, um, and the things, uh, the cup will be harder to, to win and, uh, they will, it will give you maybe more pleasure when you will win it. I bet you'd have loved to have been playing away at a South African franchise at the weekend, Greg, because it was minus eight in La Rochelle. It looked like it was 20 odd degrees in South Africa. Yeah, I saw some uh, some Instagram of uh, a few guys from Lyon who was uh, doing safari under the sun. <laughs> Lucky guys. Next year, mate. Hopefully the draw organizing you'll get there. 
What has it been like in terms of motivating yourself? There's been differences in the squad, a little bit of change, but you mentioned now, we mentioned that star behind you, you now are European champions. Do you think you now are no longer an unknown quantity, but you now have a target on your backs because everyone now knows how good La Rochelle are? Yeah, of course, maybe we've got a target in the back, but uh, same <clears throat> same more with the French team. Like We we worked a lot and we dreamed to be at this, uh, at this place. Uh, to have the, to have this target in the back, so now that we have it, we need to uh, to assume the the position and to to work harder and to fight harder every weekend and uh, just a new challenge. We're not used to uh, to this kind of challenge, but uh, we are ready for it. I think uh, the staff and Ronan um, knows how to do it and how to pre- prepare us to uh, to every single game. So we're just waiting and. And we are looking forward every weekend of uh, Champions Cup to to go up on the on the pitch. Well, you've mentioned there the success of the two teams and the two men we've talked about already, Fabian and Rog. You're very, very lucky that already you're working with two superb coaches. But if you were to give us a little bit of insight, how would you compare and contrast the two men in terms of their styles, the way they get you operating on the field and their personalities? It's difficult, difficult because I've got... Fabian Galtier is um, manager in, of a national team and Ronan uh, for a club. I think it's not the it's not the same management. It's uh, totally different. But um, what I could say is they're both passionate in rugby. I think they could uh, eat, sleep, and uh, do uh, watch rugby uh, all the week. Uh, you know, Rog is sending us some uh, some WhatsApp by, uh, video, you know, of the training uh, some night at uh, half past eleven or even midnight. <laughs> so I think uh, they they are really into uh, passionate of rugby. Do you reply straight away to those, Greg? Well, I, I watch them. <laughs> no, they they both passionate, yeah. But uh, it's difficult to compare because you have one uh, manager of a national team and another one for a club, um, and you know it's totally different management so but they're all yeah both passionate and uh, really on the on the details it, it push you to to be better and better every every week i think that's what comes across isn't it johnny the you've mentioned your time working under fabian galte before and ronan does seem very similar in terms of the psychological and the mental side of things and yeah. in terms of a game plan those fine details yeah so both i would say intense from the outside that comes across but that intensity when it's channeled well into an outstanding game plan means the product you have as a squad and on the field is outstanding and that's what La Rochelle and France offer at the minute that's why they're so much fun to watch and the difficulty with coaching staffs is when you get somebody that has that intensity but then doesn't have the rugby knowledge or the rugby IQ and just pressurizes and shouts and it doesn't come across well where both of these guys have got both in abundance they've got the intensity but they've got the rugby insight knowledge detail everything that's Greg mentioned in spades and that's why they're so good to work for and that is why france have re-signed fabian galti they've tied them down and that is why la rochelle have now t- tied down ronan rog until 2027 which is an excellent move for the club and in terms of ronan Ogara, greg we know he's in the middle of this big bam because he's so intense and the way he is how is he handling that i think the more um the one most disappointed is him. So I think he would uh, he would love to be uh, on the side of the pitch uh, cheering for us. But uh, this is Roger's intent. He, he will do anything to defend uh, the players and the team and the club. 
but like when you're too passionate or too intense sometimes you you uh you, you do some stuff you um you didn't want to but uh well i think he's the one uh yeah more the most disappointed and um is uh the one uh paying the, the big price of it how does that work for you guys on a game day now because obviously with somebody used to bossing it and giving out instructions I'm assuming that nothing will change in the week. Like your training with Rog will be the same. Your your reviews of games, your previews, you're building up to weekend. But then actually on your game day, like I saw Donna Karayan was doing quite a bit at the weekend. Is it is it him that leads all the messages and things and, and leads team talks? Or who takes charge of that stuff when when Roger sat on the naughty step? Well, you know, on a, on a normal week, uh, after the game, the captain, uh, just, just before the captain run, in fact, the the staff is done the week of the staff is done it's it's up to the to the players and to the leaders so um during a game day well we have all the preparation is the same at uh our training facilities and after we go up to to the stadium and uh everybody know what they have to do uh, a few leaders have to talk uh, on special moments and and then um, back to uh back to the locker room First off, at the, at the halftime, it's Donaka, uh, uh, of, of course, speaking about the lineouts. Uh, we've got uh, Romain Carmignani speaking defense. We've got Seb Bobu speaking offense. So, in fact, like everybody does their job, and at the end, we we uh, we finish with a, a world all together and, and back to it. So, no, honestly, it doesn't change a lot for us. Of course, when uh, maybe Roger have something to say, like he have to to go by someone, or I don't know how they work, but uh, maybe harder for him to to pass a, to pass a, a message. But uh, for us player, we we don't feel um, a big big difference for us. Like we do, we will not use this excuse uh, if we if we do a bad game. Well, Johnny mentioned how you motivate yourself to go again. Now you've won it and try and retain the trophy. Whatever Ronan has said, it clearly did the trick. Because at the weekend, you couldn't have started any better than that. Forty-six nil up after fifty minutes against Northampton. Was that was that the plan? Did you expect it to be like that? Of course not. Of course not. We um, we we watched Northampton. They were a really good team. But like we said, you know the the pool stage. It's it's, it's go really quick. It's really fast. Um, we don't know as well about the the rest of the Champions Cup. Maybe we play only two game in uh, La Rochelle. So the first one we wanted to put lots of energy, just loads and loads of energy, and give everything. Don't wait for the second game or third game or fourth game to to maybe uh, have a look at the stand standings and say, well, well, we need five points there. We need no, just. We do, we put everything on the first game, then we uh, we have a good week. We put everything on the second game, and that's it. Game after game like this, and uh, trying to go as far as we can. And Johnny, if you're picking a standout performance of week one, not just because Greg's on, it probably would be Larish up. What else stood out for you in terms of the French sides in in round one? Well, there's a few poor ones. Um, Racing again. I didn't expect them. I mean, everyone knows how good Leinster are. Greg, you've come up against them many times. As have I, they're a bit of an institution, but I didn't expect them to be battered as badly as they were by Leinster. Um, they had to move their game to Le Havre. Do you think that had a big effect? Well, I just think it's soulless. Like even at the def- the defence arena, you're on synthetic. It's a different experience. The players are used to it. You've got your home support. Things are familiar, um, and you know you've got a little X factor above other teams because you're playing on a carpet that other teams aren't used to. I think when you move out to Le Havre, 
your fan base isn't there. And I just think as well, they got some things on the field wrong. Like they kicked out a lot. They gave Leinster a platform, probably thinking because their line out hasn't been great this season, but I think they won 100% of their 20 plus line outs. And that gave them a platform to, you know, churn up ground, be organized, take away gain line, get over a gain line and go forward. And when you're playing against a really well drilled team like Leinster with Stu Lancaster, who's coming into Racing, you just find yourself clutching at straws and chasing shadows and chasing the game. And that's exactly where they were. So they came off a really poor second best. And I don't think that bodes well now for, I think for certain French sides that have lost their home game, I think with the maybe lack of compassion for the fact that South African sides are coming in. Will they take it as seriously now when the top 14, as Greg mentioned at the start, the product is better than it's ever been, but that means it's more difficult than it's ever been. So the bread and butter has to be the top 14. If you can compete on both fronts, like La Rochelle, good. But I think for Racing now, like not completely flying um, in the top 14, um, that was a big disappointing loss for them at home. It's an interesting one, Greg, because traditionally the French teams, your home is your fortress and for racing they obviously have a concert at their home ground they move it to Lahav. that would never happen in la rochelle would it <laughs> definitely not no no the stadium the city is all around rugby and if they had a concert they would put the concert on the away game of course but uh well i can't speak for uh for the racing players but uh for me if uh, if i can't play in la rochelle i need to uh to move even if I know that the fan will move as well with us, it's not the same feeling, of course. Toulouse had a big away win in Munster, Greg. How big a rivalry is there now building between your two teams? You've had massive games between you over the past few seasons and you know each other really well. But are Toulouse the team to beat for you this year in this competition? No, I don't think there is one team to beat for us uh, because last year we... We were champion without beating Toulouse, you know what I mean? So we just need to be focused on the on the pool stage, you know, and after we'll see who's um who's on the on the sixteen and on the on the quarterfinal and and that's it. And uh we'll see. But of course Toulouse is one of the massive team and like you said, like Leinster, Toulouse, um even Saracens or I don't yeah. know. I think there, there will be plenty of uh, other good team to uh, to beat. So um, more and more, uh, like you said, of course, top fourteen, top fourteen is uh, starting to be uh, to be harder and harder every year. But uh, Champions Cup as well. So um, this is a dream of every player to uh, to have big game and massive uh, like massive challenge every weekend. When you have those games against also some of your best mates. So when you're playing against Antoine Dupont, who's a really close friend of yours, do you give each other some banter in the week up to the game? Are you able to send a few text messages or when you get into French national camp, does it come up? Well, uh, yeah, of course we have uh, a few <laughs> uh, a few, a few, a few uh, texts uh, during the week, but uh, not uh, not uh, about the game. Like We don't speak rugby um, together. Of course, I, have, uh, I had a few... Uh, a few kind words uh, with with the French team. More after the the two final, we lost against them. They were they were happy. Antoine Dupont for me like uh, twice vice champion casket hat. <laughs> we was on holidays, so uh, it was tough to tough to put it on the head. But um, no, after of course when we were on the field, we, uh, we we all all want to to win. And me the first, I would love to to beat Toulouse. But and uh, outside the pitch, we just like friends and we don't don't even speak rugby you know johnny mentioned earlier on you have been non-stop rugby for a while it seems like you're playing every week we're around this time of year where it's christmas most people have a break 
you mentioned you might be getting a break because you've played so many games. So have you got a kind of plan for this period of the year? And are you going to be able to relax a little bit? Well, no plan at all. No plan at all. <laughs> um, we all, all the players have uh, four days after uh, after the 23, 23 of December. So I can go uh, go back to the south of France to have um, Christmas with all the family. I've got my, my brother living in Scotland who is coming home as well. Uh, everybody uh, going to the Osh, to the parent place, and uh, just enjoying uh, a turkey or or some duck. <laughs> but uh, no plans at all. But you know, after all the season, like um, my mind is focused on rugby every day. You know, but every time I, I'm coming home, uh, I don't watch rugby. I don't speak about rugby. Uh, I'm watching uh, National Geographic instead of uh, of Canal Plus Sport. But uh, you know, <laughs> just this is my way to um, to clear my mind as well. Until Ronan texts you at half eleven at night and says, "Watch this video." And at your Christmas, you mentioned there your brother coming over from Scotland. Do you have a bit of a mixture of French and Scottish at Christmas? Is there any? Does he bring some whiskey over, or how does it work? Yes, normally everybody like bring a bit some uh, some stuff from uh, from their region. So maybe I uh, I get down with oysters and uh, or seafood. Yes. Uh, normally Scott, my brother, is always coming back so uh, with haggis. So we have maybe Top, uh, haggis on the on the twenty sixth or twenty seventh. But, uh, we should have it on the 25th, mate. Come on, have it on Christmas Day. <laughs> no, it's it, the, it can be the number one meal, but uh, maybe number two, number three. Mate, is he is he still playing for Stuart's Melville? No, not this year. Yeah, he had stopped, stopped because stopped because uh, working uh, the works uh, took more and more time, so I had to have a break. Sounds like Greg's Christmas and yours are pretty similar, Johnny. Um, may I will be flying back to Scotland and stuffing my face. Um, I'm looking forward to flying back to Scotland and handing my three children over to their grandparents and having a bit of a rest. Uh, not working, not working any rugby, not doing anything during the week, taking two weeks completely off, and probably coming back ten kilos heavier. And before we move on, what did you make of Cast Johnny, your old club, at home to Exeter? Uh, difficult, mate, because even their prep. Like my old mate Rory Cockett, who's been a coach for the first time for the past six months, had to get his kit on and sit on the bench. He even got off the bench, which was ridiculous. Um, my old mate Tom Combazo as well did his ACL ligament at the weekend, which I think that means the end of his career. So they came through the game with a couple of big injuries. And even before the game, there was stuff like, I'm not sure if you saw Greg Pierre-Henri Broncon, the, the coach, was asking EPCR to change the game because they wanted to watch England-France. Could they change the game so that they could play it the next day or... So I don't know, like I just didn't get that the focus was really there, um, a couple of bad injuries. And like once you, again, start on the back foot against a side like Exeter with Stuart Hogg, with Simmons, with top rugby players, it's always going to be tricky. And that's another club as well. Now that they've lost that first game at home, I'm not sure what their ambitions will be in the next couple of rounds in this competition. So a disappointing start for them. Did you see the incident with Poe coach Sebastian Piccaroni's Johnny, and referee Sam Grave-White? I have seen it. I think you've probably seen it as well, Greg. Um, it's a difficult one because everyone you speak to at Poe or everyone you speak to that came through the under-20s with him as their coach, love him. But I just think he's lost his head and it's a moment of madness. And now he's going to get a massive ban. Like, you cannot touch a referee. You just can't do it. Like Even like if you look at Wayne Barnes and the abuse with Razi Erasmus, now his family getting threats. Like, Wayne Barnes is looking at stopping refereeing. And I think... 
again now with Sam Grove White, like if you stick your hands on a referee, no matter what the context of the situation, you're looking at a massive ban. And that could have serious repercussions for Poe because he is a top quality head coach. He's done really well with them. I'm not sure when his, his disciplinary commission is going to take place, but he's looking at a few month ban. That is going to be absolutely huge. Right, we'll have a quick chat about the second round of Championship Cup games shortly. But first, we should find out what your meter moment of the week is, Johnny. It comes from La Rochelle. Oh, coincidence. But it isn't, Greg. It isn't oh. you, mate. I'm sorry. Um, but there's a little fella at the back who's more my generation, still trucking. Uh, and he was outstanding to watch at the weekend. Brice Doulin tries pace, footwork, kicking ability, 50-22s, banana kicks. And he looked like he was having a great time doing it. So my meter moment of the weekend, this weekend, obviously off the back of all the decent and hard work done up front, was the performance of Brice Doulin carving up against Northampton in minus eight degrees. He was top class. Now we've got you on, Greg. We should really send out a meter. We should send a meat thermometer over to Greg to pass on to Brees. Have you got one, Greg? Uh, no. You'll be getting sent one tomorrow, mate. Oh, great. You can use it for your haggis on Christmas Day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That was Johnny's meter moment of the week. And meter is the world's number one wireless meat thermometer. Recently making over 20 million cooks better with their game-changing app and completely wireless Bluetooth meat probe. You can use it on a barbecue, in the oven, or in a pan, and you can get your hands on one at meter.com. Plus, you can now get 10% off any full-price item. All you have to do is enter the code FRENCHPOD10 at checkout. That's FRENCHPOD10, and you'll get 10% off any full-price item at meter.com. Right, Champions Cup, you're off to Belfast, Greg, or maybe Dublin, if, <laughs> according to the rumours. You mentioned minus eight in La Rochelle at the weekend. It's going to be cold in Ireland this week. And there have been rumours it might be put back 24 hours or moved to Dublin. Have you heard anything or not? Well, we heard some uh, some rumours, but uh, nothing definitive. So we're just waiting for the UPCR to to, uh, to tell uh, tell us what we, uh, what we need to do. And during your prep this week, have you watched Ulster's performance last week? Or have you rubbished that game? Because that was really unlike them. They went to sale and they got absolutely cuffed. They had travel disruptions and it was a bit weird. I'm assuming you'll be expecting a tougher challenge than what they produced at sale at the weekend. Well, we watched uh, a bit of um, a few less game of Ulster. Of course, not only the, the one of last week. Um, they played uh, against Leinster as well. They did a massive game against Leinster. So, um, so, so we watched a few games here of, of them. Um, we know that they are a big team. Uh, same with Roj, Donaka, and uh, even uh, Ulten. Um, we have a few Irish uh, guy who who told us it was really it's really difficult to go uh, to go play to Belfast. We know as well the atmosphere they have with their fans at the moment. Uh, they had a difficult time, and what we said all together it was imagine if we if we were at their place, uh, what what reaction will will be ours? So. Uh, we just need to be ready to a, a massive, massive fight. Uh, since it's going to be one of the toughest game of the of the season. And you guys have been good away from home in Europe in recent years. There is an old stereotype about French teams that they don't travel well. Can we just completely dispel that now? It isn't the case anymore, is it? French teams do travel well if they're taking the competition seriously. Do you think there has been a sea change? What what has changed in terms of the mentality in European competition for French teams traveling away? Don't want to talk too too early because otherwise it's gonna. Um, well, we we just uh, before as well like 
honestly, the um, the Champions Cup was played by two uh, two teams in France. Now uh, you see that all the teams were, were engaged. Uh, when you see this year with uh, Toulouse, Montpellier, La Rochelle, Bordeaux, every team, every single team is playing the the Champions Cup to go uh, to go as far as they can. Uh, I think maybe Johnny can, uh, can say it as well. But I think five five years ago, maybe Toulouse, Racing was playing the the Champions Cup. So uh, this is uh, maybe the biggest change. And apart from La Rochelle's game, Johnny, what are the other picks around two that you're looking forward to? I'm really looking forward to Toulouse against Sale, purely because Sale had a massive win last weekend against Ulster. So they'll be going to Toulouse optimistic. Although a lot of teams have gone to Toulouse optimistically in the past and been absolutely pumped. Um, but I'm looking forward to Sale bringing that physicality. They play a nice brand of rugby and we know what Toulouse offers. So I'm hoping the the clash of styles this weekend in that game, and that's on Sunday, um, will be fairly epic. I'm looking forward to watching that one. And Greg, you mentioned you don't really watch any rugby, but you do watch football, and France are about to play Morocco, so we better let you go soon. Any other games that you're looking forward to this weekend or not? No, of course, I'll be watching Toulouse as well. I watch rugby only when I, when I have friends playing, so even Pro D2. I <laughs> uh, love to watch Pro D2 as well for to see some friends playing. But uh, of course, I'll, I'll watch, I think, Toulouse Sale, and that's it. No, not a lot of it. I think I hope we don't play on Sunday because uh, I was uh, hoping to to have a, a little golf on Sunday. So. <laughs> no, yeah. Strangely, did you see the state of Seb Vamahina's nose at the weekend? No, I didn't see. Oh my day! So his nose started here; it's now finished over by his ear. Um, I'm looking forward to Leicester play against Clermont as well, and particularly. If he gets to wear one of those Batman masks, you know what Aaron Ordick used to wear when he broke his nose, he'd have the Batman mesh. Um, I think that's another big game as well. Leicester Clermont will be huge. Clermont going through their sort of own little transition. I think it'd be fair to say with coaching and players um, and going to Leicester side that are really hard to break down. So looking forward to that one. And then Quinsby Rassing is another one randomly. I think Rassing will still put out their big dogs and their big guns and they'll go and they'll try and batter Quins. But Quins also play a really exciting, fast, quick brand of rugby. So I'm looking forward to that game too. There's a few ones this weekend that'll be really good to watch. The other one weirdly is Bordeaux. So they're without Luku and Lesgourg and they're at home to the Sharks, one of the South African sides. Yannick Brew is coming with the Sharks, but he's coaching for Bordeaux next season. Um, So that'll be really interesting. But I'm like you, we've now got we're recording Wednesday night at six o'clock. We've got an hour until kickoff France against Morocco. So I'm looking forward to getting a beer in my hand with some mates and uh, looking forward to watching the game coming up in an hour. Give us your prediction, Greg. Well, I hope, I hope France, of course. We're, we're watching the game at uh, Reda Wardy's place. So uh, when we saw the the result on the weekend, we said to Reda, we're all coming at your place because he's Moroccan. So he would be cheering Morocco, I think. Or maybe- <laughs> Maybe France. Like he's is in the best position because he's 50-50, so he can choose at the end of the game. <laughs> well, from an Englishman, Greg, good luck in the World Cup semi-final and good luck over in Ulster at the weekend. Thanks. I think I think this week will be the hardest game of the World Cup for sure. <laughs> Harder than the England game. I like it. <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. Thanks, Greg, for joining us as well. And we look forward to chatting to you more as the season goes on as well. And thanks to all you guys for listening. Make sure you hit subscribe. Leave us a nice review if you can as well. Check us out on Rugby Pass and on YouTube, and we'll be back with another episode next week. Au revoir, guys. Cheers, boys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.